Hey everybody, this is Tom Hush for No Coast Cinema here on WGM+. We are your guide to cinema here in the city of Chicago, and we've got a special little interview for you today, uh, doing something a little bit extra because there's a movie we just have to talk about. Uh, this is coming to us from the folks at the Asian Pop-Up Cinema. Uh, you know them. We've had uh, multiple uh, interviews and, and filmmakers, and we've talked about it a lot. It's one of our uh, favorite, favorite, favorite things here in the city of Chicago. And also, May is uh, Asian American uh, Heritage Month. So we're going to be talking a lot about uh, Asian cinema on the show going forward for the next couple weeks of May. So why not kick it off with a spectacular film? It's called Still Human, and it is about a paralyzed and hopeless Hong Kong man as he meets his new Filipino domestic worker who has to put her dream on hold and come to the city of Hong Kong to earn a living. And together they uh, live under the same roof, they learn a lot about each other. They grow, and it really is a uh, fabulous, fabulous film. And um, you know, I have a lot of history myself with living in Asia and uh, living in a house with a domestic worker and that, a little bit of that culture. So obviously, we'll get into that. It's already winning tons of awards, uh, and they're doing a kind of international tour of this movie. And I really suggest that you uh, try to see it if you can. It's actually going to be playing tonight at the Gene Siskel Film Center. So if you uh, want to head on over to their website, grab some tickets. Um, it's a spectacular theater. You know, Connor and I, my my co-host, have have uh, pre- presented films there many a time, and it's always a great place to go see new emerging filmmakers and we have one of those filmmakers right now so please (laughs) please welcome to the show uh director oliver chan director of still human thank you for having us (laughs) oh thank you so much oliver for taking the time Uh, i know you guys are really really busy you were on wgn tv uh just this morning correct yes (laughs) my goodness great and, um, you know, I, as I said, Still Human, it's a spectacular film. I really had a great time watching it, and um, it was, you know, I went into it blind. I didn't do too much background research on it. I just wanted to watch the, watch the film and uh, enjoy it moment by moment, and really, I wasn't disappointed. I was honestly very surprised to hear that this is your debut feature, Oliver. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> Well, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself, Oliver. I mean, how did you decide that you wanted to become a filmmaker? Actually, when I was really young, um, my family wasn't really rich. So all I have is to watch films on TV, like old films. And and then back then, I thought I really have that passion for films. But and then I never got the courage to really do it. So actually, I went to business school and then I did banking for three years before I really figured out I just couldn't do banking for the rest of my life. I really love films. So that's how I just changed my career completely. And here I am. <laughs> well, it is a very courageous thing to become a filmmaker. I mean, it's uh, it's a lot of hard work. It takes a lot of uh, self-determination to f- take a story and put it out there for people to watch. Uh, it's funny that you, ca- you came in through banking. Uh, it probably came in handy when it came to the budget. Yes, I think the skill helped me a lot. I'm glad, like, you know how you look back and all those dots just connected? So it's never a waste to go through a whole, the whole banking and business background. It's, it's worth the time. 
Absolutely. Tell me a little bit about some of the uh, films that you watched as a child that inspired you to become a filmmaker. Well, actually, there is some... In a small indie film from the States that I really loved, it's called The Cure. It's about AIDS. It's probably in 1990-something, the 90s. And it's about two little boys, and one of them have AIDS. And the two of them just go on to find a cure for AIDS. And that is actually, it's not a really famous film, but I just got like this impression that I must do something like this. I, I was really impressed and I was really touched. Well, I'm glad. I mean, and and you came into it through independent cinema. I know many people uh, discover film through Hollywood. Certainly that's how I became a film fan, was watching Hollywood films. But you saw the independent film as, as your route to becoming a, a director. Yes. So, Oliver, when you decided to tell the story of uh still human which is as i said about a uh paralyzed um man from hong kong and his filipina domestic worker yeah. what what inspired you to tell that specific story was it things that you saw in day-to-day life or stories that you heard from others yes actually i saw two people that are exactly like charming and evelyn just in my neighborhood so I was really like um, kind of curious about their relationship when I first saw them because um, the guy, he modified his wheelchair and he added this little piece of footstep for the lady to step on it. So she didn't have to walk. So I was like, how close were they to have this kind of, you know, this kind of things done for it? I assumed that girl to be a, a domestic worker, right? So I thought, what, what, what have you? What are your your relationship like to have that done for a helper that you hired to take care of you? And 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 then I thought maybe I was assuming too much. Maybe I assumed that girl to be a domestic helper just because of her skin tone. So I thought it's like really wrong of myself to do that. So and then I got a lot of self reflection. I thought, oh, I must do a film about this. Absolutely. And and the culture of uh, domestic workers in Asia is something that can at times feel a little bit uh, alien to American audiences. We, we think of domestic workers as being um, some somewhat of a bigger luxury, kind of very much saved for the uh, the ruling class or the richest class. Yeah. But um, in, in Asia, they're, they're a lot more commonplace, um, whether or not you are someone uh as in the same situation as one of the main characters here who uh needs um help because he is paralyzed but some people um just simply have domestic workers as as part of a, a cultural thing just to help with uh cooking child care all that kind of stuff um we talked a little bit about it before but uh i myself spent two years in Singapore when I was a child. And one of the strangest things to me was we were expected to have a domestic worker. And, and a lot of that was based in skin tone in race. Um, I am a, you know, I, I'm part of a a white family from America, an expat. And, uh, when we first came to Singapore, my mom was surprised that, uh, many people told her that it was expected that she would have a domestic worker to help with the childcare. 
uh, with the cooking. And uh, obviously, it was a little bit strange to her. She's a stay-at-home mom in America. She did that all herself. And initially, she was very hesitant to it. But at the end of the day, uh, we had a domestic worker come live with us uh, from the Philippines. Her name was Joyce, and mm-hmm. she was uh, a member of the family. She lived with us, and you know, she helped so, take so care of me and yeah. my siblings. <laughs> and uh, I, I just, I found it so great to have you uh, show this kind of relationship on mm-hmm. screen because it's, it's again, it's something that American audiences don't typically understand. Uh, what When you were making Still Human, what did you want the um, portrayal of domestic workers to look like on screen? How, how did you encapsulate so much of that experience? I think I just want to keep it real. I did a lot of research and I figured out like every one of them are very different. And but in at the same time, they're just very similar to other Hong Kong people. We are all just doing something for a living, and just the policy is just that they are kind of they are kind of um, being paid very little, sadly, and they have to do all the housework on our behalf because the living standard in Hong Kong is very very high, and if we don't have the whole household going out for work. We basically couldn't survive. But luckily, mm-hmm. we get this set to call them cheap labor to do these things for us. And But we never thank them enough. You know, we mm-hmm. for a lot of Hong Kong films, we just kind of ignore these people. It's just like they don't even exist. Like a lot of Hong Kong commercial films, you don't see any domestic workers in that. So it's really... I thought we just need to portray them really fairly and and show people a new angle to look at them that is like they're also human that we we're all equal they have their own pursuit of dream happiness mm-hmm. uh, relationships and a lot of things that we also want mm-hmm. and yeah so that's probably just how i felt well and 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 obviously uh you you portray that spectacularly in this and it's a main theme of of the film as one might be able to uh glean from the title still human there's a lot of themes of uh human dignity in this whether it has to do with uh the character of the domestic worker evelyn or um the man she's taking care of who is paralyzed there's a lot of you know talk and 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 emotion behind them trying to uh regain a certain level of dignity in themselves and remind themselves that they are you know they are people they have their own personalities they have their own dreams they have their own uh uh, desires and the want for human connection is very strong um one of one of the scenes that i found actually there are a couple scenes that i really liked um in involving evelyn where uh, one of them was her uh, spending a day with fellow domestic Filipino do- domestic workers yeah. and talking about how to get through, you know, this job because there's a lot <laughs> of things they have to do. And uh, I thought it was very funny and very poignant in a way that yeah. one of the things that they like to do is play dumb um, in <laughs> order to almost play into the stereotype of these Filipino workers. Oh yes, they're domestic workers. They don't know anything. They, you know, they're, they're useless and they just use that to that, their advantage in order to, um, 
have almost a, a respite from the hard work that they already have to do. They're cooking, they're cleaning. And in the case of Evelyn, she is uh, physically taking care of someone who cannot take care of himself. And yes. I, I thought that was a spectacular scene. And another one was um, when she goes to the supermarket and she tries to buy some lettuce and, um, she gets she gets uh, taken advantage of essentially, and that that points to the way that domestic workers are treated in Hong Kong, and and I'm sure in other places as well. Um, you know, I, I I want to know: Did you talk to uh, domestic workers to get those kind of stories? Did you see that happening around? Yeah, I think both are like both are valid. Like I taught, we did a lot of research talking to real domestic uh, workers. Um, no matter they are just take, taking care of normal family or those who are taking care of paralyzed people, we did research uh, and talked with them. And it's interesting how they told us about their little tricks to get through the <laughs> daily, daily <laughs> task. And it's real that like we are, I heard so many other employers saying that they think their workers are dumb. And I thought, no, after I talked, I, I talked to so many of them i thought that's just not dumb they're just having these little tricks to make their lives a bit easier since we all like all hong kong people assume they're stupid (laughs) so it's like who is the really stupid one here exactly they're the ones getting played they're the ones getting uh getting shown uh what for i selfish like stereotype so (laughs) and also i uh, i observed a lot of um, the interaction between Hong Kong people and the domestic workers and it's so common that like people in the shops in the market they just treat them really poorly but it, uh, at the opposite side there are many that treat them very well so I think I ought to present both both sides so you see um, there is also one scene that Evelyn goes to another market and this time the market lady is very welcoming <laughs> Yes, yes. And you you handle it very even-handedly. It's not simply uh, Evelyn being um, constantly uh, uh, deteriorated as a person. She also finds the the good in people and and the people who are, you know, wanting to... Uh, make that connection with her and and that's the arc of uh of the story really the arc of the relationship i do want to mention anthony wong who uh plays the paralyzed man that uh evelyn takes care of um the whole thing revolves around him softening and accepting her and the little things that he starts to do that show his appreciation such as um the language barrier you know when they start out uh he does not he doesn't want to speak english he doesn't really he doesn't know how to speak english he knows a few key phrases he can understand certain things but he uh is very upset that evelyn does not speak cantonese and over the course of the film he begins to soften and he and he begins to uh teach himself some english and she begins to teach her a little cantonese so they meet they make that beautiful cultural exchange that i think is um one of the best parts of of the film. Um, I want to take the opportunity to bring in uh, one of the stars of Still Human. She plays Evelyn Santos, the uh, spectacular domestic worker that um, we get to see on screen. Uh, her name is Krizel Konsunhi. Welcome to the program. Hi. Uh, so tell me a little bit about how you got involved with this project. 
Oh, um, <laughs> it's a pretty long story. Here's the short version. Um, um, Oliver sent out a casting call via Facebook, and it somehow landed on my inbox. <laughs> and um, there it is. <laughs> Having had no experience in um, in the film industry, I was very hesitant. But um, as a Filipino and um, having met Oliver and realizing that she had um, a, a really genuine um, motivation to to bring out a very balanced look on this issue, I felt very compelled um, to be part of the narrative and to be part of this um, this story, this claiming of um, of of the migrant worker story, which is very close to a lot of Filipinos' hearts. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think you do an, an amazing job of it. And, um, you know, growing up uh, Filipina, you know, how, how often did you see people from your hometown, you're from your home country, go to different places across Asia to be domestic workers? Um, it's a phenomenon that, um, that we all grew up with. Uh, I'm lucky enough that um, it's it's something that didn't affect me personally, but it's something that affects my country. And so it also sending all sending our people abroad, not just for domestic work, but in all different kinds of employment. This whole diaspora, this migration of of people from the Philippines, it hurts us. Um, not just um, yes, it brings a lot of economic value to the country, and we are aware of that. But the very fabric of our social social lives are um, are changed because our, our people are losing their mothers, their wives, in the case of many migrant women, and also um, also fathers, also brothers, sisters, and it's a it's a painful reality um, for Filipinos to to be aware of. Absolutely. And I think that's something that uh, American audiences should absolutely be able to connect to. We have, you know, our own questions of uh, migrant workers and seeing how much uh, they add to our our workforce and how important they are to our uh, social fabric, really, in America. There's so many things that we take for granted um, that are done by migrant workers. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where sometimes growing growing up in in america you can have such a you know myopic view of how things are but uh with a film like still human we can see how this is a global phenomenon and maybe perhaps understand uh that phenomenon more the struggle of the migrant worker is really um the struggle of of many countries uh across the globe uh i want to ask and, and uh correct me if i'm wrong you you possess a master's degree in political science is that correct Yes, that is correct. Wow, that is uh, so. What having that uh, deeply academic background when you came to this story um, was there? What did you think of it politically speaking? I know it, it really is a human story at the end of the day, as many films are. But I feel that there's a, a great amount of political undertone to this about the uh, the way that the migrant worker functions in a society and uh how they are and aren't accepted by by the uh the countries that they go to so uh with with your uh background in political science what did you think of still human story yes for for sure i agree that um this is not just um uh, a movie that shows the empathy of of our common shared humanity i think there's a lot of social political 
uh, implications that are being showcased in the film. I think my journey started maybe even like, what, um, almost two decades ago, being interested in migration and um, the development of, of identity and diasporic communities. We've already been studying that in the Philippines um, as, as to not just the figures of what they were bringing in, but the, the cost of, of what this was, was doing to our country. Mm-hmm. And I think going to Hong Kong and moving there um, 11 years ago and interacting with these migrant workers helped me realize their own different stories, their own different struggles, and, and give a more um, humanistic perspective of the academic uh, numbers that we were studying, um, and I think what Still Human does is it reaches it reaches the core of our shared values, so that we stop looking from um, uh, we start connecting with the characters and realizing their struggles, um, albeit in a bigger scale, affect our social political fabric are actually very much relatable for every human being. Absolutely. Uh, I do want to get into the, the main relationship of, of the, of the film and, uh, you two can, you know, answer at will, no, no specific, uh, it doesn't need, it's not directed to either of you specifically, but, um, you know, it's one of the important things about this movie is getting, uh, involved in the characters individually. And, um, I wanted to know a little bit about, building building these characters on screen and also building an on-screen relationship because that's really what um hooks people into this particular narrative so uh maybe Krizel, you could talk about uh working with anthony wong and and having that uh, relationship on screen and then uh for you oliver how did you uh as a first-time director help those performances come out on on camera yourself <laughs> okay oh uh, yeah i i get asked this a lot um about how was it to work with anthony wong and i think um he's he's a true professional and he's really great to work with because um he's um he's brilliant on stage uh, on stage sorry on screen <laughs> on camera and uh, and he's equally supportive of of the people he's working with i think the beauty of uh, oliver's work is that Everything was in everything was in the script. All we had to do was stay real to the characters and and listen to each other, and um, and let and let that take us um, take the relationship where it should be on on screen. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, it's like I think I did do a lot of research to keep the characters real, mm-hmm. and then I I spend a lot of effort on the script writing process so and then we had these meetings that they read the scripts through and I observe if they felt like they are the characters or not or if there are parts that they felt is not natural I just adjusted it so I did a lot of preparation and then on the set it's really up to them to digest the thing and to perform that and and they both actually all the actors did very professionally so it was like it was never the director's role to teach them but actually to just give them some directions when they kind of uh, had a different interpretation Mm -hmm. to 
as in a different to my direction. So I just give them some directions and then they would adjust. And it's really their talents that help the film go really live. <laughs> yeah, and it, it lives on screen. It really does. There's um, uh, a genuine connection between uh between the two characters and you know it um you know it's hard to put into words because it feels so natural i feel like i'm really watching this happen in front of me i'm watching this relationship develop and um obviously anthony is not here with us but uh anthony wong he has a uh a filmography going back into the uh, mid 1980s he's been at the game for a very long time and you know uh Crisella, i wanted to see uh working with him were there any sort of tips that you wanted to get from him or uh just from from professional to professional how did you guys uh help each other along the process Oh, <laughs> uh, with regard to tips, I didn't really know who he was. <laughs> that was good. At least I wasn't um, I wasn't uh, as intimidated as I probably would be no, no. if I if I had known his um, his uh, that, his that famous the depth and of his of, of his work. Uh, I think um, I think as as actors we have um, we kind of have an unspoken rule that we always let the director lead and and take control of um of of uh, of leading us through the process mm-hmm. so um i think what was helpful was was the support that he was giving he was very patient uh during the times when i was trying to figure out this whole medium i'm used to stage and now coming into film i there were times where I was a bit, I felt very, very slow. I felt like I was slowing people down and, uh, and he was very patient. And I think that's what I, I really value. Um, I, I really value his support during this time. Spectacular. Well, uh, again, uh, still human. It's going to be playing at the Gene Siskel Film Center tonight. Spectacular room. Uh, love, 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 love the Gene Siskel. It's a great place to discover international cinema, independent cinema, and uh, award-winning cinema like Still Human. I have to ask, uh, when you, you guys just recently won some awards over in Hong Kong, correct? Yes. yes. And, and Italy as well. Yeah, yes. luckily. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, I mean, I, how does it feel? This is your debut feature, Oliver. Um, what's it like having an award-winning film on your hands? I think I feel like still like dreaming. <laughs> still human, still dreaming. Yeah, we're still human, still dreaming. <laughs> um, I think I really didn't expect that much of like um, echo in an awards uh, across the world. Actually, I made this film thinking is um it's like a love letter to hong kong that um you know actually the the place that we shot is where i grew up and and um i just felt like i it's my first film i just make something i really want to do so i didn't even consider awards or like the boss office when i was doing it i was like it's once in a life ch- uh, chance that uh, i can do something so freely i didn't have a investor to kind of point me at my nose telling me what to do mm-hmm. so it's um so we didn't think of any of those i was just doing whatever I like. I was 
really self-centered. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's okay. I mean, it clearly paid off for you because with a debut, yes, you don't. Everything is bonus. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, you, you know, this is your this is your chance to do to make your first mark as a director, and to really uh, hopefully have a a very raw version of of your vision for how you want yes. to make films. And uh, I think there's a lot of. Um, style here. There's a lot of a lot of things that make me very excited for any films that you do in the future. I hope there are many. Clearly, with with uh, all the awards, everybody wants to see more. Oliver, I hope so. Well, that puts some pressure on me, but I'll have to work harder then. Thanks for adding more pressure on that. <laughs> well, uh, before before we go, um, one of the things I want to ask about is uh, what you hope people um what you what you hope international audiences will take away from still human as a piece of of hong kong cinema i know for me my first introduction to it was really action movies my my uh you know connection to hong kong cinema was the spectacular work of people like jackie chan people like john woo and chow yun fat and that was my introduction especially as a young boy i liked things that go bang and uh there was you know that came out in droves from hong kong but obviously it's a very complex place uh culturally politically socially all that stuff uh what do you want perhaps american audiences to learn about hong kong by watching still human um i just want them to see a different and true side of hong kong like as you mentioned a lot of other people just think of Hong Kong as in what we present in those action films or cop films. Like there are like mostly only guys and women are not really pres- present. They're just waiting for the guys to rescue. <laughs> and then and then there, there are always a lot of tall buildings that mm-hmm. explode for right. no reason and stuff like that. But it's not the real Hong Kong. The real Hong Kong, we have people that are poor. People that are struggling, but people who are still really warm and people that support each other. We are a very international city. We have very diversified culture. And I want to really present those sides to other people like the American audience. All right. Well, I think Still Human is a great place to start for people. Again, Gene Siskel Film Center tonight. Uh, you can get your tickets over at GeneSiskelFilmCenter.com. Uh, I've heard that next you guys are going to San Francisco. Yay. Yes. Oh, spectacular. It's a wonderful city. Just make sure you have a little bit of extra cash. Very expensive city. Very wow. expensive. Uh, not like Chicago. Un- oh, okay. <laughs> well, maybe maybe right. Oliver will take me out. Yeah. <laughs> well, now that she's a big-time director, I think uh, she's going to have to start spending like a big-time director. Isn't that right, Oliver? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> The public. Uh, yeah. So I'm not making promises. <laughs> <laughs> Again, uh, the film is still human. It's directed by Oliver Chan and uh, stars Grizel Khan Soon Hee. Uh, thank you both so much for taking the time. I know you have a very busy schedule, and I hope you enjoyed uh, joining me over Skype here. Definitely, yes. yes. All right. Uh, Thank you so much for listening, everybody. This has been NoCo Cinema here on WGM Plus. We are your guide to cinema here in the city of Chicago, and we will see you all next time.